Before we get started, I just want to give a little heads up to everybody that I will be in Colorado next week and there is still openings on the meditative archery and all are welcome. I'd love to see new faces and I'd love to see some of the old faces returning or the faces, you know what I mean. You're not old, you're just, you've done it before. <laughs> anyway, please sign up, share it with your friends, tell everybody you know. It is, I know I created it, but you can ask pretty much anybody. You can get on my website and look at all the reviews. You you can go to my Airbnb, Empowering Archery with Mindfulness, and I have 100 plus five-star reviews. Sometimes that helps us to kind of go, oh, this person that seems like me, seems like they have maybe the same physical capacity or said they had an injury and Angie worked around the injury. Whatever it takes for you to feel like you can finally say, I am worth doing this powerful and empowering workshop, do it. Don't take my word for it. Take the word of hundreds of other people who have participated in either the mindful or the meditative archery that it has been a somatic and powerful experience. I want you to experience it. I don't want money to stand in your way. I don't, I, I don't want anything to stand in your way. Kathy Escobar and I have always made a point to not let people's lack of finances stop them. We have a fund to kind of help anybody that needs sliding scale. We also accept donations on behalf of people that might need a sliding scale so that nobody is turned away from these amazing workshops from lack of funds. So please go to the link that will be in my bio, sign up or sign somebody else up and pay for them to go because it's, I cannot tell you enough the release that it will give you. I have experienced the release. That's why I created it. That's why I do it. You don't have to know how to do archery. You, ha you don't have to have ever picked up a bow or shot an arrow. I will teach you. That's the whole point. I hold that space so that you can get it rage, anger, grief, loss, loneliness, betrayal, whatever it is, do the journaling, which is not exactly journaling, it's prompt led, and then I teach you in five minutes and then you are shooting with or at that thing. You can go to my Instagram to see videos where I talk about it, to listen to other people talk about it, to watch people of all shapes, sizes, ages participate in it from five to 80 plus. I just want you to be able to feel that kind of release in your body. There's still room. Please sign up or make it possible for somebody else to sign up. Thank you. Here we go. If you've just tuned in for the first time, welcome. My pronouns are she, they, and I am on the unceded land. If you don't know what that means, this land was taken from the indigenous peoples that lived here. 
Unseated means it was taken, it wasn't given. So the land that I am on in the Portland area, the land where my house is, sits on the traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Wasco, Callets, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Kathlamet, Kalapuya, Malala, Tualatin, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River where I live. Today I want to do something that I haven't done in a while, and I'm going to do it in a two-parter. So the first part is going to be me telling you a little bit about myself and what I do so that you, <laughs> so that you can decide if you want to proceed or not <laughs> anyway. And then the second part is going to be a meditation or a ritual, call it what you want. Probably it's going to be more a combination of both. And that you can do while you're listening or you can stop after the first part and then you can get into a place, a space that feels good to you and, and save that part of the recording for then. Or you can do it all in one fell swoop. You do what feels good to you. I popped on the kettle because I want to have a mug of tea in my special mug that has whales on it that my friend Tamara Bryan made and gave to me. I want to light a candle that my friend Molly gave me for my birthday. I'm at my table in my dining room and I have all the things that I've been collecting in honor of Equinox and going into this space and time where it gets darker and maybe leaning towards some more introspection. But I want to put a little caveat on that. I am probably way too introspective as it is. So I'm looking for a different, for myself, for a different kind of introspection. You can take this second to kind of go, hmm, what do I want as the days get darker? And at least in, on this side of the equator, they get darker and colder. And so it's a time of reflection. It's a time of kind of going inside, literally and figuratively. And what can that bring in? Like we talked about last week, what are you bringing in and what are you giving up? What are you embracing? What are you rejecting? What are you acknowledging or saying that's good about you and people and things? And what are you saying, let that shit burn to? That's kind of what I want to be thinking about in this time with you. I'm going to go make a cup of tea and we're going to get started. One of the things I do as a spiritual director is providing safe, unhurried space where you can say whatever you need to say to unravel spiritual trauma, church trauma, how hard it is to be a human in the world. Because the way that I look at my life, or I'm trying to look at it, is everything is sacred. And not sacred in the, it's up in the sky, it's lofty, some people have it, you strive to get it. It's more every conversation that I have with every spiritual direction client is sacred. They might talk about being in a traffic jam and then joke about, well, what does that have to do with spiritual direction? And I think it has everything to do with it. Because we're holding 
space that often is like, oh, all this stuff over here is my everyday life. The relationships I have, the fights that I have, my job, my vocation, my children, the patriarchy, the monotony of everyday life. And then over here is the ritual, is getting into the woods, it's tarot, it's, it's all of it. And those are the same. When we split the two, we decide that, I think, that we decide one life is better than another. And we split those things in ourselves instead of looking at life as sacred, you know, taking a shit. I wouldn't say it's sacred necessarily, but I have some really (laughs) interesting insights sometimes when I stop for a second, whether that's, you know, like I said, take a shit or take a shower. I, I used to have the most meditative moments in the shower because often that was the only time I would get to myself being a mom or the <laughs> I would go to the bathroom and the kids would be banging on the door because as soon as you leave the room, if you've ever raised children or yeah been around as the only caregiver for any length of time, uh, you will know that there is nowhere you can go where they will not find you. Your time is not your own. So when I would go into the bathroom, sometimes it was just to take a minute to catch my breath. Sometimes it was actually to use it. Zion and Brennan would come and bang on the door and I would be, I would say, I'm having alone time. Because sometimes that was all I could get because they were little and I obviously could not leave them unintended. And a little side note is I had a really t- hard time taking a rest when they took a rest. So I had to carve out time for myself because I wasn't at the point where I could take the rest that I needed when they were resting. Everything is sacred. And so these conversations are sacred. And in these conversations, I meet with a lot of people in deconstruction of their faith, that they are done with religion. They are done with church. They are done performing. They are done with all the religious trappings. For me, my deconstruction has been a long journey. Some things I have deconstructed and they're completely gone. Some things I've been able to bring back. And some areas I reconstruct. Some things I have kept. I grew up charismatic evangelical and I don't think I've kept much of that. And there are some things that were very grounding and special to me as a child that somehow have escaped untainted by that whole whatever institution. I I would say it's how I grew up was a little on the cultish side of obedience. So a lot of it I cannot, you know, like it's ill-fitting clothes. I can't put that stuff on anymore. And there are things that are centering and grounding for me creator and spirit and nature, all of those things I managed to maintain, to keep somehow. I don't know. And then a lot of my clients have not. And they may never return to God or a creator or anything like that. And I don't have a problem with that. I can walk somebody through that space because people should be allowed to have their own experience in deconstruction and not feel pressured 
by parents, friends, family, community to reconstruct or to do it any way that is not the way that they need to do it. So I hold space with a lot of people that are in that process. I hold space with people that are in the LGBTQAI plus community that have been rejected by the church, that need somebody to listen and hold space and who sees them as exactly as they're supposed to be and isn't trying to get them to change and is excited that they have gotten to a place where they can identify exactly as they are, whatever that looks like, and find their voice. I love that space. I also meet with people that have never been a part of any religious institution of any kind, are atheist or agnostic, and are looking for a spiritual practice. And that may not make sense to anybody, but I think we all benefit from a spiritual practice or a ritual, something that gets us out of our body and sees something bigger than ourselves, whatever that is. And I hold space for that. I love those spaces. I love being with people as they walk through hard things. And I love being with people when they are coming to a revelation that they've never come to. That is an honor for me to hold that kind of space. So if you are somebody that is looking for that kind of space, or you are somebody that has recently finished your spiritual direction program and you're looking to get certified, I can help you get the supervision that you need if you're looking for somebody that's a little unconventional. I mean, I usually say to new clients that probably every spiritual director, supervisor thinks that they're unique. I'm no, I'm no different. I think that I have a unique approach. I am no different with my spiritual directors than I am on here or that I am in my everyday life. I am crass and I will use swear words if they're needed. I also cannot do that if it's offensive to somebody. But I try to show up as my full self, holding sacred space for somebody else as a listener, knowing that that person is also an adult. Or even if you're not an adult, you, whatever age you are, we're all kind of learning to own our voice and listen to our inner wisdom to make our own choices. I honor that. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I will make suggestions. I will say, hey, I tried this. Maybe you want to try it. Reiterating that you know what's best for you. It's a suggestion. And if you decide never to take that suggestion, that's okay. You're an adult. You're somebody that knows your own mind. And even if you don't and you make the wrong choice, it's still your mind. And you get to make the decisions that feel good to you, not my decisions. I just have tried a lot of stuff, you know, in my quest for my own mental health and emotional intelligence that some of of them may resonate with you and you may want to try. And some of them you may not. And that's okay. The other thing that I do that I talk a lot about on my Instagram, on here occasionally, 
is meditative archery and mindful archery, two separate things that I do. Meditative archery is an archery workshop I created that is based in Carl Jung's shadow work, intensive journaling workshop. Basically, the only thing that makes it journaling is a pen and a paper or your journal and a paper. It is based in prompt work. So there are four prompts. I will lead you through prompts. You will write, and it's a very first thought, best thought. So it's really based on you listening to yourself and affirming that wisdom inside of yourself. That takes about 40 minutes, 35 to 40 minutes. Usually at the end, there's some kind of image or line of poetry or song or something. And that's what the person or people will put on their target. Then I will teach people in five minutes. And basically what I mean by teaching people is most of the people that I teach, I would say 80 to 90% of the people that I teach have never touched a bow. So I am used to teaching children and adults that have never done archery before. And I can teach anybody in five minutes. When I say that, that doesn't mean that once I teach you in five minutes, I'm not going to check in with you and also keep saying like power stance. Don't forget to close your non-dominant eye. Don't forget to breathe. All of those things. What it means is I'm going to stand with you, the group, your team building, your family, from start to finish and never leave you unattended, but always saying and reminding you so that you stay safe and so that you feel empowered to do archery and to feel that somatic release. And archery has it because there is nothing quite like doing hard work or emotional work slash labor and then releasing a bowstring with an arrow and it hitting the target. There is nothing quite like that visceral flang that happens in archery. You feel it in your body and it resonates. And then once you've been shooting for a while and I don't have to tell you quite so many of the techniques or rules or whatever, then I will kind of step back and say, hey, now would be a good time to return to your journaling. And all I mean by that is, What's going on in your body? If you're somebody that can notice that, notice where it's at in your body and just breathe. And now we're going to return to that journaling work and kind of let it go or whatever needs to happen. And that's it. And afterwards, you are an archer and you've experienced a release and you feel empowered and powerful and there is nothing quite like it. It's still... To this day, I've been teaching it for over 12 years and still to this day, when I am focusing up at the archery archery range and working on something, I still get that release after all of this time. And I still get a little bit of that release with every single person I teach. Now, the difference between the meditative and the mindful is the mindful is kind of what I call entry level or gateway to the meditative. Not everybody wants to do hard emotional work. Not everybody is ready, and that's okay. So the mindful, this is something I do through my website. I do both of those things through my website. I also have a family-friendly. But basically the mindful, the only thing that is different is instead of doing the journaling, we do a mindful walk, which is talking or not talking, 
in the woods or wherever I'm at. If I'm in Colorado, it'll be slightly different. If I'm in Texas, it'll be slightly different because the, you know, the surroundings are different. The nature is different. We do that for about 40 minutes, same as the journaling. We come back, we draw our targets. People put whatever they want on their targets. They put freedom from anxiety, more love of self, feel my power, say no, end of climate change, anything they want on that target. And so you get, you don't quite get the same release as you do in the meditative, but you get a release and it feels amazing. And then at the end, you are an archer. You have everything you need except for the equipment to go do it on your own. And it's powerful. I do a a shorter version of that for the families. I do from ages seven and up. I, I took a family of, I think it was eight, from the parents that were in their 80s, their daughters, and then their kids and their spouses. And we did a similar walk where we talked about plants and we breathed and we visited or not visited and then came back. They do their targets and I taught everybody archery and they left empowered. I also teach one-on-one archery lessons. I am not interested in just teaching people archery. Yeah, archery alone is powerful. What I'm interested in is seeing you stand in your power, feel it in your body as much as you can, and get that somatic release and feel good at the end. And I mean, I've taught hundreds and hundreds of people archery in these 12 years, and I have not had one person not be able to do it. Of course, there's varying degrees of skill when they're done. Some people kind of are more naturally inclined because they've done like things that maybe have a similar bent and they have to, they know how to do it. And some people it takes a little bit longer to get, and that's okay because the space is set up for all different abilities. I've had people with pretty severe shoulder injuries be able to do it. I've had people that cannot close either of their eyes. I've had people that are blind in one eye. I've had people, you know, that are very, have very weak upper body arm strength. We still can work on it and it still happens and they still get a release and it's amazing. So if you are somebody that's contemplated it, I hold that space with you and I am good at it. And I'm not embarrassed to say it, even though it's uncomfortable for me sometimes to go, I am good at X, Y, Z, because we're taught to like be falsely humble or whatever. But I am a good teacher and I love teaching people archery. And there is not a time where I don't get done teaching and kind of bask in the glow of being able to be with all different kinds of people, all different walks of life, all different ages coming together and experiencing this, it's powerful. The thing about me is I am always on the quest to be more calm in myself, to be more loving towards myself, to learn more about myself, because I have come to the realization over the last however many years that that love of self that quietness inside of us that we can come to, that stillness, that grounding is what enables me to be more loving to to you, more loving to my children, to my partner, to my friends, 
to this world that we are living in, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be in the world. I want to see you and love you. And I can't do that unless I continue to work on loving myself. And so it's a quest I'm on because for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know a little bit about me. I don't come from that. I come from a lot of trauma. And I come from never knowing if my parents loved me. And that's painful for any child. And I still don't know if my parents love me. And I I don't need it anymore because I found love in myself through my sister, through my friends, through doing this podcast and just saying things out loud that I think a lot of us are thinking and not being afraid to speak vulnerability out and to say, I feel this way and I'm working on X, Y, and Z to kind of combat this and sharing those those things that we're all going through. That's me. I just turned 52 and I think I'm going as strong as I have ever gone because I'm learning to pace myself. (laughs) I'm trying to give myself room to be still, to read a good book, to not have to be busy all the time, to, to unravel that narrative, which is a hard one to unravel. But I'm doing it, and I'm doing it with you on here. We're talking about it. We're all looking at different aspects of that, but maybe we're all trying to unravel that a little bit. It is an honor to do this podcast. It's an honor to have these conversations with you and to know that you listen and to keep hearing that something resonated or somebody got something out of something I said or somebody texted me and said, I feel that way too, and I thought I was alone. You're not alone because it's pretty likely that I have felt it or I'm feeling it at the same time as you. You're not alone. I've got my tea. I hope you're in a place where you can be alone, where it's dark and cozy. You can light a candle, which I'm going to do right now. I want you to get comfortable. I want you to take a few deep cleansing breaths. In through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you take those breaths, I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to feel your body. I want you to feel for a minute the place that you're in. You might feel tension in your jaw, in the back of your neck, in your legs, in your skull. Try to breathe into that tension and let it go. 
like the notes of his piano. Breathing in and letting go. And as you breathe in, think about something that you want to let go of in this season that's coming, this season that started with Equinox. What is something that you want to breathe in, notice, breathe out, let go? For me, I want to love myself where I'm at, with the body changes, with the brain retention changes, with my tiredness. Sometimes it's hard for me to love myself and my weakness, but I'm breathing in love and breathing out that inability to accept. (sighs) Breathing in love, breathing out my inability to accept myself. I am where I am, where I am, where I am. I don't have to like it all the time, but this is where I'm at. Where are you at? Are you leaning to love? Or are you find it di- are you, or are you finding it difficult to embrace yourself? <sighs> Breathing in love and embracing myself. Breathing in love and embracing myself. Try to feel where that shows up in your body. And if you can't feel that, where does it show up in the room? Or what can you notice? Not everybody finds it easy to feel things in their bodies. But you might feel like, oh, that is definitely in the room with me on the upper right hand side or that's near the floor that feeling on my left hand side or I think that's sitting on my lap wherever it is I want you to notice it breathe in that feeling and release it breathe in feel your lungs Rise, breathe out, feel your lungs, release. Expand and release. Just sit with yourself for a minute with as much of a loving embrace as you can offer yourself.
there's this thing that happens sometimes in yoga, depending on the yoga instructor, where your balance can be different every day and you can look at one day your balance can be, you know, you can stand in tree pose and not even hardly wiggle. And then the next day you do the same pose and you're falling all over the place because your body is different every day. Sometimes we have the capacity to love ourselves with, to love ourselves with a deep, unending, unyielding capacity, and other days we find it very difficult for whatever reason. Whatever space you are in right now, that's okay. Just lean into yourself, hold yourself as much as you can. If you can't hold yourself, then be a spectator holding you from the outside or somebody that you know loves you is holding you. Whatever it takes to embrace yourself, whatever way you can do that, try to do that right now with me. Feel your shoulders wiggle around a bit. Just be in your body a little bit. Take a few more deep breaths. I like to move my neck side to side and around to the left, to the right and behind, just stretching a little bit. And whenever you're ready, return to the room Return to the space, let your eyes open, kind of reacquaint, reorient yourself. <sighs> Thank you for doing that with me. One of the things that you can do to bring ritual in your life is to do the obvious, which is to light a candle. You can have a cup of tea. There are other things that you can do that are bringing in the outside in every day. It's something that I added during Equinox and have continued as every day to take a walk, even if it's very short, and find leaves or, you know, seed pods that have fallen or that are hanging, you know, ready to fall and collecting them and adding them to the wreaths that I made for my living room and for my front door. And not every day feels kind of like what I was saying about the balance or how you feel about yourself if you're leaning more towards loving or pulling back a little bit of, from yourself. Every day is different. Some days I do that walk and I am in nature, even if it's in my neighborhood that is, does not have a lot of nature. It has a lot of noise. You know, some days I feel it acutely. I feel the breath. I feel the breeze. I hear a hawk. I notice. Yesterday I went on a walk with my friend Tamara. And we got to a park near my house. And a hawk flew. Huge hawk just flew down and landed in this tree was amazing and then we saw hawks on the wind 
I try never to let those things pass me by. I try to watch the murmurations of a, of a group of swifts and be moved by it. I try to, whatever forest or group of trees that I can get into, I try to let it feed me. I try to, when I you know gather plants for medicine making, I try to let it move me. I want to be moved. And that's a ritual. That's a way of like, turning towards myself and turning toward nature and saying, I want to be a part of you. I want to be a part of me, Angie. I want you to be a part of you who's listening. And I want to be a part of nature and this world. And I want it just to go by me. I want to actively pursue it and be part of it. I think that's where the tree hugging comes in or sometimes like, At the river spot that I've talked about on here, I just want to soak in the water. I want to float on my back as long as I can. Let the trees cover me. It's like, how much can I get my body into the dirt and the earth? I know it sounds weird, but those are rituals. Those are ways ways that I have in my pocket to engage with nature engage with ritual, engage with myself. And I want that for you wherever you are. Maybe you're in the high desert. You have beauty in the high desert that is unique to you. Maybe you're in the mountains of Colorado or Montana and you can go on a short hike and you have all the juniper you could ever want for it. That's my, I love juniper. It's my medicine. You have beauty where you're at. You have ways of connecting to nature that I don't have. Right now, the aspen are starting to turn in Colorado, and I cannot wait to see the beautiful golden orange leaves moving in the wind. It moves me because I let it move me. And ritual is about you. Meditation is about you sometimes just letting something move you even if you feel silly. Maybe especially if you feel silly, staying in that curiosity of, I am going to let this move me because I am worth being moved. Thank you for listening. Always remember who you are. Not who you were told you are, not who society wants you to be, but at the core of yourself, that sweet person that you came into the world as, That is who you are. Whatever that looks like, whatever shape that takes, who you are. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.